today, we're continuing our series here, going through the Gospel of Luke. And, and by the way, just so you know how this is going, give you a little future picture here. Um, uh, at the end of Luke chapter 9 is kind of a natural breaking point in that gospel. We'll take a, a little break and do a, a mini-series or two uh, after that uh, logical break, and then we'll be back in Luke. And I just like to kind of break things up a little bit, uh, maybe hit a topical series or two uh, as, as well as that. And um, actually, I'm doing some planning for the new ministry year and messages, so would appreciate your prayers. Uh, I have some ideas, uh, but I would like some confirmation <laughs> from the Lord that this is what we need. So it's always the Word of God. It's just a matter of which word do we need, right, at the time. So appreciate your prayers there. So uh, let's let's go to prayer right now. Heavenly Father, we're grateful for just being able to come together and sing songs that remind us of who you are and who we are in light of you and what you've done for us. And so, Lord, we uh, just help us to uh, to continue to gather together and, and like it says, um, not forsake the assembling together of one another so that we can uh, encourage one another uh, day after day, as long as it is today until Christ comes back. Lord, help us to remember the value of this gathering. And uh, every aspect of it, whether it's the time before and after, or whether it's the singing uh, worship songs, whether it's the time in the Word together, but all of it is valuable. Lord, I want to lift up our um, child care workers, our teachers, our caregivers for the kids today and pray that you would strengthen them for the tasks that they have. Pray, help them, Lord, to uh, just uh, communicate in a way that the kids can understand the gospel of Jesus Christ and grow have a relationship with Him, and grow in Him. We pray for all the kids that come to the church here, Lord. We pray that they would come to know Jesus at an early age, God. And, um, and Lord, help us this morning to have, um, to have ears to hear. Give, uh, open the eyes of our heart, God, so that we can understand what Your Word is saying. And Lord, let it not just be something that's received on the surface, but let it be like the Thessalonians who heard the Word of God and it took root and it bore fruit. And we ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen. So, this morning is all about hearing. Hearing. And uh, now, you might be inclined to think about uh, your physical hearing. And if you have some level of hearing loss, you know how desperately uh, you need to hear and how impactful that is when you have some hearing loss, right? Um, my dad, for years, worked in his own machine shop without any ear protection and, um, and I think has, has suffered the results of that because of the loud machinery. Uh, I mean, I love my dad dearly. It's just he kind of there was an age uh, when you were, he was working there where that was not valued, and um, but uh, but at any rate, uh, in fact, it's kind of interesting. As I teach, you know, part time at Columbus State, I find myself uh, not as attuned to the back of the room as I used to be. 
okay? And uh, so oftentimes I'll be going like this, and I'll say, say that again, you know? Uh, and uh, so I'm like, man, you know, it's the, 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 it's real. It's real. I'm catching up to some of you, all right? Uh, but, uh, you know, there's a type of hearing that has nothing to do with these holes on the sides of your head. There is a spiritual hearing, and that's even more important. You know, we, we value our, uh, our audio, right, uh, in our, our ears, uh, physical ears, but there is a hearing that is so much more important. Uh, there is a type of listening and a receptivity to hearing the Word of God that's so, so important. And, um, and that's what we're talking about this morning, just the importance of hearing in uh, the first 21 verses in Luke chapter 8. And let me just bottom line it for you. Uh, um, it, the point here is this, how we hear or receive the Word of God is critical, and it indicates our true spiritual condition. So how we hear, uh, or in, you know, the hearing here just means receiving the Word of God, it's critical, and it indicates our spiritual condition. So you will see this idea played out uh, in these different scenes and stories in the next 21 verses. So just keep that in mind, okay? Now, as we move into chapter 8, uh, this is an interesting uh, few verses here. Uh, and I'll have to check myself on this, but uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure this little, these, this little uh, annotation does not appear in the other Gospels. Um, here that just that many women heard and received Jesus's message, and they supported his ministry. Uh, many women heard and received Jesus's message and supported his ministry. Um, and so let's just take a look at these first four verses in chapter eight. It says soon afterward, he, meaning Jesus, went on through cities and villages, proclaiming and bringing the good news of the kingdom of God. And the twelve were with him, and also some women who had been healed of evil spirits and infirmities. Then he starts listing some of them. Mary called Magdalene, from whom seven demons had gone out, and Joanna, the wife of Chusa, Herod's household manager, and Susanna, and many others who provided for them provided for them out of their means. So they were supporting the ministry there. You know, you would think uh, at least food and whatever they places to stay and things like this. So um, uh, I just think it, it's really cool just to see that um, God just moved Luke to say, hey, there were women who were supporting his ministry. There were women who were following him. Because, um, you know, a lot of times up to this point, you just hear about uh, the 12 disciples, the guys, right? Uh, but here, make no mistake, men and women were following Jesus and supporting his ministry. And it says, and when a great uh, crowd was gathering and people from town after town came to him, he said in a parable. So now he's going to uh, tell us a story, and he's going to tell a story about different types of soil in verses 5 to 8. So he's going to tell a story. Of course, you know, a story with a point. That's what a parable is. And um, so here we go. Here's, here's Jesus telling the story. It says, A sower 
went out to sow his seed. And as he sowed, some fell along the path and was trampled underfoot. And the birds of the air devoured it. And some fell on the rock, and as it grew up, it withered away because it had no moisture. And some fell among the thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it out. Verse 8, and some fell into good soil and grew and yielded a hundredfold. And as he said these things, he called out, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. And so this is the first time we get the idea, and you'll see many times from this point forward, this, uh, these uh, couple of stories and what he's trying to communicate to them is it's really important how you listen to the Word of God. And certainly I think uh, this immediate context is definitely the gospel message, but I think it does have broader application to just any time we hear the Word of God. There are different types of soil that it lands on. right? And so this is what he's telling us in and uh, it's all about hearing, right? And as we said earlier, there are physical ears, which every one of us has, but there are also spiritual ears, which only some have. Calling us, Jesus is calling us to have the kind of spiritual ears that are receiving, that are welcoming the Word of God without reservation. And so, as we go through, we should be asking ourselves, what type of soil am I, right? And what kind of a hearer am I? Am I the kind of listener that is welcoming the Word of God? Is my heart in a state that is wanting to receive from God, regardless of the Word that comes, right? I'm not talking about, you know, just wanting to hear the things we love to hear, but it's the things, the things that God brings to us are the things that we need to hear, right? And so, so there we have the story. Jesus tells this story. And uh, the immediate uh, thing that comes after this here is not, not the interpretation of it yet, because sometimes we, we do have the interpretation. We will get to that. But many times Jesus would just tell the story out to the general people, and would not give the interpretation. But in this case, he will give it here. But what he says next, though, in, uh, is, is this that uh, he says to us in a couple of verses, and I'll read them here in just a second, but hearing the word saves some and hardens others. Hearing the word saves some and hardens others. That sounds kind of strange, right? That the same Word of God that would be preached would have totally different effects on people. And so look at verse 9. It says, And when his disciples asked him what this parable meant, he said, To you it has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of God. But for others, they are in parables, so that seeing they may not see, and hearing, they may not understand. And so, 
this is. I don't if you can see. Does it have it up there? Yeah, you'll see like the. It's this is like a, a quotation, at when it gets to seeing that they may not see and hearing that they may not understand. This is a quotation from Isaiah chapter six. Okay, and let me just read for you um, Isaiah six, eight, nine, and ten. Now you may recall Isaiah six is an incredible chapter. It's where Isaiah has this encounter with God. He experiences God, and he, he, uh, he is just undone. He's like, I'm a man of unclean lips. And, uh, and so, you know, you can just imagine him face down before the Lord, the presence of the Lord, just realizing how holy God is and how sinful he is, how sinful uh, his own people are, um, the people of God. And now listen to what uh, is said here. Isaiah chapter 6, starting in verse 8, it says, And I, I heard the voice of the Lord saying, so this is Isaiah speaking, I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send, and who will go for us? And then I said, Here I am, send me. And he said, Go and say to this people. So God is you know, he's cleansed his lips. You didn't get to see this beforehand. He's cleansed his lips. Now he's kind of, in a sense, ready to be used by the Lord, to be sent out. And, and then God tells him, he sends him to the, to the people, and here's what he wants. He says, go and say to this people. Here's what he wants them to say. Keep on hearing, but do not understand. Keep on seeing, but do not perceive. Make the heart of this people dull. And their ears heavy, and blind their eyes, lest they see with their eyes, and hear with their ears, and understand with their hearts, and turn and be healed. I mean, this is a hard word. Imagine if this was the message you had to take to your neighbors, you know, or just anyone. Uh, you know, is so. This is where Jesus is quoting from, and so you you get the idea from what Jesus is saying in verses nine and ten where he says, um, to you it has been given, as he talks to the disciples there, you has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of God. For others, they're in parables. They see, they see but they, you know, they're seeing, but they don't see. They're hearing, but they don't understand. In other words, you guys are going to get it, and they're not. It's really quite sobering to think about that, that any time... Uh, whether it's the gospel message or just the word of God is preached, there will some who will receive it with open arms and their hearts will just be uh, wanting to hear from God and desiring to know what God's will is and ready to just to embrace it, but others will just rebuff it and then either just totally reject it or just don't get it. They don't have uh, the spiritual insight that um, they need to understand. And so it is interesting, though, right, that those who receive it, they bear fruit, right? They, they understand it. And those who don't, they receive sort of, it's like a judgment. It's a, it's a form of judgment when he says, you know, some of you will, will, will hear this word of God and you will not get it. And that is a form of judgment. And this was a form of judgment in Isaiah 6. Now, 
as you, if you read through Isaiah, I mean, it's, it's a lot to read, actually, and study, but um, God does say for himself a remnant, right? He disciplines his people as they, they turn, their hearts turn from him towards other things. Um, but, but he does, you know, woo them back, but, but there's some who don't come back, and there's some who, who do, right? And that's what we call the remnant. So, so hearing the Word of God saves some and hardens others. So just think about that. Every time we get together, the Word of God goes out. It go, you know, every, every one of us here, right, has a certain type of soil, a condition that we find our hearts in. And sometimes it's receptive and sometimes people are not. Now, Jesus explains the story. Uh, he's told about here how we hear and receive the Word of God. So, Jesus is going to unpack the parable he told, the story of the sower, right? The guy uh, just sowing the seed out there. Now, starting in verse 11, we get uh, an understanding of what this parable of the sower is about. Some people call it the parable of the soils because it really is about the soil, not about the seed. The seed's the same. It's always the same. It's the Word of God. And so, uh, so in, it says, now uh, the parable is this. The seed is the Word of God. So we don't have to worry about uh, what it is. What's the, what is the seed representing? It's saying the seed is the Word of God. And again, like I said, the, the same word is preached and heralded uh, as the seed is going, the word is going out. But there are different types of soil. And then he starts hitting each one of the types of soil, starting in verse 12. He says, The ones along the path are those who have heard. Then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts so that they may not believe and be saved. And so, um, if you think back uh, in verse 5, uh, which is where when he was telling the story, he says, some fell along the path and was trampled underfoot, right? And so this is, you imagine just a pathway that's been cut through uh, in the area where the seed is being sown. It's coming on hard ground. It's been trampled underfoot. And then also, though, it mentions that the birds have come along and plucked up the seed. And I don't know if you've ever seen that when you see like grass seed sown out somewhere. And, uh, you know, a lot of times you'll see birds out there trying to just get the seed out, right? So, um, but here, uh, when Jesus explains it, he says um, that the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts. And so those birds, it's really the devil coming and snatching up the word that's gone out. In other words, someone has heard it with their ears, but Satan, uh, our enemy, is coming to take away that word. And typically I think of this as unbelief. Someone's just saying, you know, I, okay, I heard what you're saying, but I don't receive it. I heard what you're saying, but I don't receive it. And so, um, to me, this, this makes me just think about, you know, I need to realize that whenever I'm hearing the Word of God or whenever I'm reading it for my own sake, 
in my own personal worship. The enemy is there wanting me to not hear. He doesn't want me to hear. doesn't want me to hear what God has to say. He wants to snatch it up so that it has no effect. Whether that be the gospel message of how to be saved or whether it be some other truth of God's word. Satan wants to snatch it up. And in verse 13, and the ones on the rock are those who, when they hear the word, receive it with joy, but these have no root. They believe for a while, and in time of testing, fall away. In time of testing, fall away. So these, these, this seed is sown among the rocks. So as you can imagine, there's no place for that seed to take root, right? Um, but it might be possible for it to spring up, you know, but then just it's not going to last long at all. And Jesus is saying there's this initial excitement when the word is heard, like, oh, yeah, this is great news, whatever it might be. Maybe the gospel message, certainly that's great news, right? Uh, and so there's a, this initial reception of the, the word of God but then it doesn't take root. It's just this initial, almost like a, a superficial enthusiasm. That's, that's the best way I can think of to describe it. A superficial enthusiasm for, uh, for the Lord. And, uh, of course, time always tells in situations like that. Times of testing, though, is what, is what does this in, as it says. So, uh, you know, it says there, these have no root. They believe for a while, and in time of testing, fall away. Time of testing, fall away. So there's this, um, it's really about, do they continue to believe this? Do they continue to believe this Word of God? Do they continue to believe the Gospel of God? Times of testing. Difficulties, life difficulties come. And since the, hasn't, this uh, word has not taken root, there's really nothing there to hold it down. And it's just the testing, the, the trials of life just upend it and show that it really is a superficial enthusiasm. So this is just another um, seed that has not really taken root. Then verse 14. Uh, it says, as for what fell among the thorns, they are those who hear, but as they go on their way, they are choked by the cares and riches and pleasures of life. Their fruit does not mature. Their fruit does not mature. And so, he tells us what those thorns are says, these are the cares and the riches and the pleasures of life. Things start just getting in there. And it, it is interesting, though, that it uses the word, you know, they, they fell among the thorns. They're, they're, the, the seed is, is, is there, sowed right with the thorns. But um, I don't know if you've ever seen, you know, some of you have planted gardens or whatever, and you see sometimes the weeds just can, can kill 
the other stuff and just take over, right? And in this case, those weeds, those thistles, are the worries of the world. There's plenty of them, right? Aren't there plenty of things to worry about, right? From a human standpoint, so many things, um, you know, you just try to stay off the news. Uh, you know, I, I mean, I do watch the news, but it's just, you know, uh, the economy, you start thinking about what can happen for this and that, and you say, what's going to happen over, you know, with Ukraine and Russia and all these things, and, and you know, it, your head can just spin. But that's kind of like, you know, but there are things that just are happening in our own lives, right, that can cause us to, to just consume us with worry. And as a result, we get so focused on what's happening in our lives that we, we, we forget that, though, no, there's a God who cares, and he's, he's got this, you know, no matter what comes, you know. And, but we let the worry, the, the worries of the world. But then there's also just the allure of the pleasures of life, right? Our desires can get the, the better of us, right? We can start going after um, uh, things that we desire, and that becomes the focus. And it pulls our heart away from God. Could be money, could be just other aspirations that we have. Um, you know, I mean, uh, just I mean, just have have you not? Uh, maybe you've known somebody whose life has been destroyed by pornography, or whose marriage has been totally scuttled by porn. I mean, that's just an example, right? Um, other things, I mean, but the pleasures of this world, money, the allure of just going after just a little bit more. Well, certain money's necessary, right? <laughs> uh, I don't think Star Trek Utopia is here yet, you know. Uh, you know, where you know they don't use any money there in Star Trek, right? I mean. Um, you just ask the computer to give it to you, um, but 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 just you know this. It's not like money itself is bad. It's the, it's the love of money, right? It's the desire for these things when it starts to take center. And um, my my uh, I re- I just remember this vividly that uh, when I first got saved, within those first few years, kind of like kind of like infants. It's kind of a critical time. The first, your, your first months and years of when you come to Christ, uh, I, I, you're a spiritual infant, and it's critical. And I just uh, remember, I, I visited with my brother-in-law here recently. He's the guy that led me to Christ. And we, uh, we were reflecting back on some of those early days in my faith because uh, when I came to faith, uh, a number of other people made professions of faith too uh, in our dormitory. And uh, their number li- people's lives changed, but there were also ones that made initial professions of faith that you could—I mean, you could take these soils and you could lay them over their lives. It's very sobering. I'm not standing in judgment. I'm just saying that it's very sobering because I knew knew some of the some of the pleasures of this world pulled them from Jesus. And you could, and I could see. I remember one time there was a guy that lived across the hall from us. I felt like it was his mission. He was on a mission from the enemy. I mean, he didn't know anything. I mean, he didn't probably didn't believe in Satan, but he was a tool of the enemy to lure away one of my roommates. 
he was just trying to get him drunk every chance he could, and he succeeded many, many times. Um, and it just things like that, uh, where you can just see there is a spiritual battle going on when uh, any time the word of God goes out, whether it's uh, kind of one to one, like what's happening in my dormitory, or whether it's here on the Sunday morning. Uh, as the word is going out, there's a battle going on, and it's for the hearts and the minds and the souls of men and women. And that's what we see here in these verses. But we have to be careful uh, that uh, we don't allow little idols to get into our lives and pull us away from the Lord. Now, now we get to the good news, the, the, the verse 15. As for that good soil, that, that seed that was sown in the good soil, they are those who hear the word of, hear, who are hearing the word, hold it fast. You get that? Hold it fast in an honest and good heart and bear fruit with patience. I find that fascinating, that with patience. In other words, it's enduring. It endures. It's not not a flash in the pan. It's not like those first three types of soil where things just didn't really take. But it takes hold, and it bears fruit. And this is what happens when a heart is receptive to the Word of God. It bears fruit. It patiently endures. In other words, it endures the tests. Right? It, it 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 might trip up, you know, we might trip up, but we still stick in with the Lord by his grace. He keeps us, but we must persevere. It's like two sides of the same coin. Right? When you when you put your faith in Jesus, he's got you. You're secure in that love, right? But also we need to keep on keeping after him. So then we have here. In verse, uh, the next portion here, just be, uh, Jesus just says it again. Be careful how we hear the word. And this is how he explains it in verses 16 to 18. He says, no one after lighting a lamp covers it with a jar and puts it under a bed, but puts it on a stand so that those who enter may see the light. For nothing is hidden that will not be made manifest nor is anything secret that will not be known and come to light. <clears throat> Sometimes when you first read this, um, if you're familiar with your Bible, you start thinking, oh, yeah, let your light shine. And I think there's an L, you know, kind of like evangelistically, but I think that, you know, he's tying this in. This light exposes, and he says, things, w- things will be revealed And I think he's getting at the things that will reveal will be the the type of soil that someone is. It will be revealed. He's just using a different metaphor here now for light, uh, of light, right, instead of the soil. Nothing is hidden that will not be made manifest, nor is anything secret that will not be made known and come to light. Look at verse 18. Take care then how you hear. (coughs) Excuse me. For to the one who has, more will be given. Now the more who has the one who has is the one is that last soil. 
Okay, he's, it, it's bearing fruit. More will be given. It's the last type of soil, right? If we're receptive to the word of God. And then he says, and from the one who has not, and the one who has not are the other three types of soil. They don't really end up bearing any fruit, lasting fruit anyway. It says, even what he thinks that he has will be taken away. So this 16 through 18, is this there just to, in another way to say the same thing? He's saying, some, you know, the, those three soils there, they didn't really yield any fruit. What was sown there was taken away in all kinds of forms, maybe through the trials and the testings, maybe because of the desire for other things, maybe because the enemy just came and snatched it right up. Now, the last part of this section, uh, which, you know, you could say, well, why are we talking about family now? Well, you'll see when we get to the last verse, because he ties in listening again, right? So here, those who hear and do the Word of God are truly in the family of God, verses 19 to 21. Then his mother and his brothers came to him, but they could not reach him because of the crowd. So... um, Mom and brothers come, and they want to see Jesus, right? And there, But there's a huge crowd there. There's a huge crowd there. And they couldn't, they couldn't get a hold of him, right? So in verse 20, and he was told, your mother and your brothers are standing outside. They want to see you, right? So somebody comes in, gives them the message, right? But he answered them. So listen to Jesus' answer. My mother and my brothers are those who hear the word of God. Did you hear that? Hear the word of God and do it. Now, you know, Jesus Jesus is not anti-family, right? Jesus is using the opportunity to reinforce what he's been teaching. It's like uh, those that really know uh, the word of God, who, who really have receptive, right, and do it, those are really the people who are uh, in the family of God, you will know them by their fruit, right? Um, those who hear and do it. And so he's just just reminding us, you know, the importance of hearing. It's important. You know, let's, let's not just go through the motions. It would be, it's so easy sometimes, isn't it? Right, to just go through the motions. Here we are on a Sunday morning, or here we are sitting with our Bible open at some point during the week as you have your own personal worship time. And, um, and I've just got three things. Let's wrap it up real quick on a rapid-fire staccato fashion here. Three things that we can do, I think, to help uh, prepare us to receive the Word of God. Um, first is you have to pray. You have to pray that you have a receptive heart because there is an element of this that's out of our control, okay? Uh, and the reason I say that is, is because we, we do need a new heart. Okay. Ezekiel chapter, write this down, Ezekiel 36, 26, and 27 says, And I will give you a new heart and a new spirit, and I will put within you, and I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh, and I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and be careful to obey my rules. And so we, we get from that, that, and that, and also in Jeremiah 24, 7, it basically says the same thing. Jeremiah 24, 7 says, I will give them a heart to know that I am the Lord, and they shall be my people, and I will be their God, for they shall return to me with their whole heart. So 
when we, when we, anytime we're about to hear the Word of God or get into the Word of God ourselves, we need to pray, God, I want to have a heart that is welcoming to whatever it is you have for me. A hard word, an encouraging word, a rebuking word, a word that changes my mind on a particular way of thinking that's more biblical than my other way of thinking was. You know, just it's just a it's it's like coming to God with open hands. You know, with without an agenda, our own agenda. And that's hard because we have lots of our own lenses that we come, our own experiences that we come to the word, right? So we ask the Lord to help us with that. So pray, pray for God to give you a receptive heart. The second thing is to turn away from things that feed sinful desires. I think we have to realize that there are uh, we there are things that we can allow in our lives, inputs, things, ways of uh, receiving information that can be harmful to us spiritually. Right? So um, James one twenty one, James one twenty one says, therefore, put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness, and receive with meekness the implanted word. So the negative side is says you, you got to kind of get rid of the stuff that you're participating in, that's pulling you away from me, and that's dulling your spiritual senses and hunger. Okay? And I'm not going to make a list because I'm not going to be a rule giver to you. you got to figure out what that is. You need to ask the Lord, is this thing that I'm taking in through any of my senses, is it dulling me spiritually? And we have to ask because, you know, it's like it's like junk food, right? If I eat a lot of junk food, it kind of fills me up in the short term. But there's better food that I could eat that actually satisfies longer, right? And so we, if we, when we, when we get in tune with that, we start eating better food. Okay, I'm preaching to the choir here on the food thing, but 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 just but just that analogy is that it can dull our desire for better things. And uh, the th- same thing happens spiritually. We got to be able to, to, to we need wisdom and uh, to, to realize, are there things that we're feeding our sinful desires that are dulling our hunger for the Word of God? So then we do not, we do not benefit from the Word. And the last thing is really just the flip side of that James 1.21, uh, the positive side and that is the come to the word with a humble and teachable heart. Come to the word with a I want to learn, God. I want to learn. Um, and uh, you know, it's just simply that. James one twenty one. There I said already. Says therefore, put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness. That's the negative side. Then the positive side is and receive with meekness, and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls. And so he's just saying, you know, I come to the Word of God. Lord, help me to have a receptive heart. Lord, help me to come to you uh, knowing that I need it, knowing that as I hear it preached or I read it, however it's coming to me, Lord, help me be teachable. Help me be willing to do a 180 on something that I was so sure of was the right thing. But when you showed me, it was the wrong thing teachable and humble. All right, let's pray. Let's pray.
Lord, we we pray, God, that uh, help us all, Lord, to um, we need you to to do a work in our heart so that we would be good soil if we're not good soil. And Lord, we we want to approach our times in the Word, Lord, with with a desire, Lord, increase our desire if, uh, for your word. And, and I know that comes and goes at times. That's my, been my experience. And I, I pray, God, if, if in myself or others uh, who are listening today, um, um, Lord, if there's something that we're taking in that's dulling our hunger for you and your word, Lord, show it to us. Uh, um, and make us be willing to, to address it and to um, be able to jettison that from our spiritual diet, so to speak, from our intake. And Lord, um, thank you for just for your grace and mercy too that you show forth on us that uh, though at times we may find ourselves hard-hearted, so many times you're patient and you send that word. You send that word. You send it again, and sometimes, and then it, and then by your grace, you've softened us, and you change us, and you correct us out of love. 